We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Moose and Runes podcast. A dismal uh, Bears Tuesday, Monday, whatever. I don't even know. I got, I, I've lost track of the days. Ever this, since this that game lost. ended, I've lost track of time. Yeah, the loss still stings. You compound that with last night's Monday Night Football game, watching Aaron Rodgers drive down the field with freaking 67 seconds left. and uh, Especially when you impulsively bet the 49ers live line uh, early on. And uh, I yes, got really excited thinking, sorry, that's, you know, maybe that's yeah. a little bit too specific. But for some reason, obviously we're going to get to Bears here in a second. That's going to take up the lion's share of our uh, belly aching today. But watching Aaron Rodgers last night, somehow when they won that game, it was it was reminiscent of something that's happened so many times to us that I felt like the Bears lost again yesterday. It stunk. It stunk. See, honestly, for me, I think it was different. Like I was the opposite side of it because as much as I wanted the Packers to lose, I was kind of numb to it. I've yeah, seen but not it happen so I'm many already times looking, and like I knew I'm already it was going to happen. I'm already oh, looking standings. at the win-loss column. Oh, okay. I'm already I looking at the standings. More. Like We had a chance for a full two-game swing there. If you're going to look at it almost from a baseball standing standpoint, and the 49ers can't get it done and we can't get it done, it's a two-game swing the other way. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point because you, you kind of think even at times it looks like after the Bears loss, that wouldn't have been a two-game swing. But like, hey, maybe we're going to get bailed out here. Maybe the Niners figure out a way to pull this out. Yeah. And then Aaron Rodgers happens. And, you know, I just... Good on him. Good, good I, I on guess, him. I, God, I hate that guy. guy why, like, everyone praises him. Praises him. And don't, obviously, right, I respect so. how good he is, but I don't so like do him. I. I hate him. Eh. I hate him. Yeah. I kind yeah. of, I, I think I fall in that same camp. But everyone praises him for his lack of uh, of fundamental awareness, for his ability to just snap it off his back foot and stuff like that. Like that's such a that's such a faux pas for any other quarterback. And I understand he's successful in doing it. That's why people are so in awe of it. But. Why? Why is he successful doing it? How can he do it? Because but that's not the point of today's podcast, Matt. The point of today's podcast is to write an open letter to Bears management to burn the damn orange jerseys. And you put a tweet out. It's doing, it's, it's doing gangbusters yeah. right now. I couldn't agree with it more. It was. I said it before the game. I said it during the game. I said it after the game. We've never won in the orange jerseys. That's not a fact. But it is. It's an emotional. Conjecture. Um, it's an emotion. It's an emotional response. In the marrow of my bones. Even if we have won a game in the orange jerseys in the past, it certainly doesn't feel like it. And that's where right, I'm now that we now that we've gotten the boneheadery out of the way. Let's talk about the actual <laughs> reasons that the Bears lost on Sunday. And you can talk about the tackling. You can talk about the play calling. You can talk about still mistakes off the hand of Mitch Trubisky. I, I don't. I think Mitch played a really clean game, other than that interception. He made one bad zone. choice, and other than that, he was he was fine. He wasn't great. It's he just was fine. the moment, and that's something that yeah. young quarterbacks understand don't understand readily. Is that coming off of a play there where you're about to go up two scores and, and you get an iffy flag and Trey Burton gets called for that pick play right Which there? Which that was terrible. I that know you're not, not thinking. I know. I completely agree. And that was, was a turning point in the game. But you have to understand 
the gravity of what can happen on the next play, of what it's going to mean not only for that play, but for the momentum of the football game. And a veteran quarterback, a great quarterback, understands those type of things. Those are things that Mitchell learned, and hopefully he's, you know, downloaded that experience and understands that moment now of what can happen in sudden change. Um, a, a tough pick right there. They drive all the way down the field and uh, make it a one, uh, make it a tie game. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, so uh, just just a tough day all around. The offense looked good until overtime when they started getting super conservative. And I think where does that this, where does that come from from Matt Nagy? He's never conservative. It, well, it, he was. He was conservative no, in Green Bay as well. Okay. So Fair. this is now we're starting. No, and and I'm it's agreeing with you. He was. He was completely boasting this, we're aggressive, we stay aggressive, we win aggressive, um, this sort of precedent he was trying to set. And I hope it's not just lip service because he's twice now in big games, in in big moments, uh, gone conservative and somehow felt comfortable giving Cody Parkey a 50-yard field goal. Yeah, I I don't... Three play calls where... He's going off tackle inside and then off tackle. And then you're sitting there looking at Cody Parkey shaking in his boots as we go to commercial break. It just wasn't – I at no point thought Cody Parkey was going to make that field goal. Yeah, I'm not sure many people did, uh, unfortunately. I, I've actually not had much of a problem with Cody Parkey's season so far. I don't think he's – he's obviously not like an elite kicker, one of the best kickers in the NFL, but I still think he's better than what we've had here. Mm-hmm. I don't care who your kicker is, even if it's Justin Tucker – you shouldn't I almost be playing Robbie for a, made it. Like you shouldn't be okay, Robbie. Okay, that's we're not still a that's still a source subject. We're, we're too far removed. I don't care who the kicker is. It's Adam Vinatieri in the Super Bowl. It's Justin Tucker. It's Robbie Gold. You should be comfortable. Yeah. You're not playing for a 53 yard field goal. You do what you can yeah. to try and chunk a couple more yards out of it. You can't play for that 53 yard field goal. That's not some sort of layup. If you're even if it's a 49 yard field goal, okay, you're playing for that. That's a little bit different. Um, but I, I think with, with say, Nagy and kind of everybody else, it's just it's. All of this is still a learning experience. It's still a growing experience, especially with the quarterback. You talk about making a critical mistake you can't make. I think Matt Nagy's still kind of learning that too because as much as you know, Andy Reid and he want to say he was calling the plays a lot of the time towards the end in Kansas City, mm-hmm. Andy Reid still had final saying. If Andy Reid wanted to override him, even if Nagy's calling the plays, it's still Andy Reid's call. So yeah. it, Matt Nagy's still learning in this process too. and. I, this whole year is still going to be a learning experience. I just think we might be a little bit better and be able to win more games than we thought we will. But moments like this kind of bring you back down to earth and realize, you know what? Still got basically a rookie at quarterback. Still got a rookie at head, you know, a rookie head coach. These things and are unfortunately going to happen. It definitely showed. Yeah. And it was salt in the wound. Let's, let's say hypothetically, I knew someone who had the Bears at three and a half. Uh, Hypothetically speaking, of course. On, on the fifth leg of a five-legger that had gone off without a hitch, um, it was it was a punch in the gut. It was a yeah. punch in the gut there on Sunday. More ways than um, But, yeah, you, you hate to see bad habits being formed, and, and now that's, that's a play-calling habit in that situation that needs to be rectified because we had an offense that was, for the large part, doing what it pleased, and, mm-hmm. and they were very effective at times, and Tariq Cohen out of the backfield looked unstoppable. They didn't have a matchup for him um, at the second level. Uh, Allen Robinson uh, it looked pretty dangerous vertically. Mm-hmm. Jordan Howard after... How about Taylor Gabriel, by the way? Taylor awesome Gabriel... Game. Taylor Gabriel, I think, is I think is one of my favorite guys in that group because he thoroughly understands that 
with all of the mouths there are to feed on that Bears offense, Taylor Gabriel is probably only going to see four or five targets tops a game. And even if those are bad targets, Taylor Gabriel's He's going to make get the that most ball. of it. He's hung on to a couple plays that have gone 50 50. And, mm-hmm. you know, if he drops a ball or doesn't come up with it, it's not, I don't want to say expected, but it's it's one of those situations where you're like, oh man, that would have been a great catch. That, that was a great effort on that ball, but he's been coming up with those. And he had another one on Sunday. So um, I'm encouraged. I, I, again, I'm encouraged offensively. This was a step backwards for the defense, mm-hmm. I know. It, it, it was. They didn't you don't want to see that. I, Khalil Mack obviously got banged up. I'm not really sure to what extent mm-hmm. that ankle was ankle hurting, but something, yeah. ankle is going to affect your pass rushing. But that said, they didn't get. Anywhere. They didn't sniff Brock Osweiler all, all, eh, Osweiler all day for the most part. It seemed mm-hmm. like when the Dolphins tried to run the ball, their offensive line, a banged-up offensive line like we talked about last week, was basically having having their way with the defensive line. They were resetting the line of scrimmage. It seemed like a yard off the ball just about every time. And that that just can't happen. I know it's 99 degrees and humid and whatever. I know you were off last week, but you can't be that, I don't want to say out of shape because I'm not going to say they're out of shape, but... That and that was, that was a banged that. up Miami offensive it was, line. It too. was. That they, wasn't, they were, you weren't facing yeah. the Dallas Cowboys offensive line right down, now. Down, there's, down to eh, starting center and a starting guard uh, from opening day. So only three, three of the five starters we have what's supposed to be. And when they're playing at their best, one of the best defensive lines in football. And it just kind of wasn't there. No one on def- yeah, defense except for your boy Kyle, uh, Kyle Fuller really showed up uh, yesterday. Yes, he's like and he's part. completely, he's continually uh, making me remove my shoe and put it in my mouth, but I'll do it if he can continue to do that. Someone's got to be the bad guy, Joe. 11 and a half down the gullet, all right? Pause. <laughs> um, that was, yeah, we're moving on now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Matt, as you said there, uh, you used the word, and I'm trying to jog my memory on what the word was, um, but, oh. Uh, you no, 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 Okay. You said uh, we're going to go to a, we're going to go yes ill prepared because we're going to go to an eshism here. You said they had the week off on the bye week and uh, there's bye been week, reports. Well, there have been reports that it was an off week and uh, whatever these guys did on their own time. You, you can't God see this, them. but I have my left hand and I'm moving it kind of up and down right now. Okay, God bless. Yeah, you get the joke. <laughs> slowly up and down in a men? small range. Ben, uh, men. Bye week. It's bye week. Bye week not an off week. week. Let's you know let's tighten up. Let's rise up. Um, but if if what is being said is true that the Bears had no required team activities during the bye week, well then there's no there's no question why they came out flat. There's no question why they had dead legs. There's no question why they struggled with 95 degree heat. Um, that that again is a knock on the coaching of Matt Nagy and um, at an institutional level, at a not at a scheme level or decision making. I guess that's decision making, mm-hmm. but. Um, to allow your team to go away from the facility for a week um, as you're trying to build momentum early in the season. I understand giving the guys time and space to be human beings and get their legs right, but you can go too far. You can let those legs go stale. And I think that was a case of what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, and I think this has to do a lot with the play calling and stuff that we we talked about, you know, a few minutes ago here. It's it's still a learning process for Matt Nagy, and hopefully if this is you know something he did and it didn't work out, this is obviously it's, it stinks right now. I still think it's a coach who's going to be here for a little while. These are these mm-hmm. these little things that he does learn on, and that next year, you know, when they come to this, if they're, you know, 
four and two going into a bye week or whatever. He thinks, you know, maybe last year this didn't work out. Maybe we need to have you know, still be a player's coach guy, still give them a lot of time off. But we still have to be here, you know, to some extent and kind of figure things. I mean, he's still figuring things out, and I hope he's using these as learning experiences as much as we hope Mitch uses that interception as a learning experience and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, Joe Musso Sr. did fall short of calling for Nagy's job, but he did want McCaskey on the phone Sunday night in Nagy's ear, letting him know this isn't going to fly. Well, yeah, that's so it. If, this isn't, if, we uh, could, if we could have Matt Nagy start making better decisions so I don't have to field those phone calls anymore, I'd really appreciate it. He still kind of like to get those phone calls anymore. So let, but I like that. Let's, uh, let's blame the, McC- the McCaskies have been there. They should know this, and they should be the ones. Get, on, they the the phone. Ones. get on the phone. Get, they, they're they're the ones who are going to fly. Phones. It's not going to fly yeah. in Chicago. Uh, so the panic meter, we could do a, uh, a Joe Russo senior panic meter every week. Uh, this week, we're, we're in the yellow still. It, we're not at, we're not not at a 10. We're not, we're not in the red yet. I'm not panicked either, but uh, this, this is wasn't a, uh, some like weird, bad leg. I mean, like, this was a very Bears loss, but this wasn't like in the past. I feel like these are games they go out and lose by like two touchdowns and stuff like that. Yeah. They still, after an awful first half, they had a really nice response in the second half. Uh, I mean, I missed they had 10 it. chances to win that ballgame in the yeah. second half. I mean, and. I know this is minuscule. We talked about, or not minuscule, but we talked about how you know, Tariq Cohen was, was very good out of the backfield and all that. Once, first off, you can't fumble the ball at midfield when you're moving the ball and you have all the momentum. Nope. And secondly, Jordan Howard, I know you haven't specifically said anything in the media. You haven't really talked about it, but everybody knows it's the worst kept secret in the city that you're not happy with the amount of chances you're getting, with the amount of carries you're getting. When you finally get one on the one-yard line, how about you punch get it in, in instead hold of... Hold on oh, to the you ball. Know Maybe don't, don't even get in. Maybe just hold on to the football. Yeah. Like I, I know it's it's easier said than done and all that, but if you're going to be the guy who's making it very well known, he's not all that happy, not all that thrilled with the lack of chances, lack of touches he's been getting the last few weeks. When you get your chance, why don't you take advantage of it instead of fumbling away? Because it, and I can blame Mitch for, for throwing a bad interception, but you know what? He, he's still basically a rookie, and like he said, he's still learning that's that's going to happen. These things are going to happen. Jordan and Howard me, is a two-time thousand-yard rusher in his third season in the NFL. And good for him. That good can't for him. Happen. You cannot good fumble him. the ball on the one-yard line. I, I'm totally happy for Jordan Howard. I'm totally thrilled that he's a bear and he's gone over the thousand-yard mark in back-to-back seasons. Those are all great things. But you're still just Jordan Howard, okay? And you're still Jordan Howard on a young football team that's trying to win. I don't care how you feel. You know, this isn't about your feelings. You've never heard anyone in Foxborough complaining about their touches because it's five guys and you make the most out of your touches when you get them. You're Jordan Howard in a league where running backs are undervalued and they're undervalued for good reason. Look what the Steelers are doing without Le'Veon Bell right now. You can find running backs. Look, Matt Breida wasn't supposed to even get five touches a game this season because Jarek McKinnon was going to go great wild. last night. McKinnon goes down. Breida's on a bad knee right now, and he's still one of the top three rushers in the league, okay? He's a guy taking advantage of his touches when he gets them. And yes, he is getting more touches, but my, my point is, don't get too big for your bridges, Jordan Howard, because you can get your job taken in a second. I'm not not saying Tariq Cohen's in every down back because you know I thoroughly don't believe he's that. not. But but you can go out and get a you running can back. find it every we down can, back. We can go find a running back, especially a pair of running backs that are going to be effective in this offense. You know, we're not a between the tackles team anymore. We're not a run run pass team anymore. Jordan Howard, understand your role on this team, and if and if your thousand yard rushing season is more important than a Super Bowl championship. There's the door. You know, we're not going to pay a bunch of money in two years, three years anyway, when we got to pay you. So 
make the most of your touches when you got them. I'm very unhappy to hear this about Jordan Howard because he's a guy that I root for thoroughly. Yeah, and I I mean, I guess credit to it. It's not like he is – I haven't heard him say specifically once to anybody, you know, I'm, I'm not happy with my touches and all that. So Yeah, but I don't be leaking, but don't be leaking so don't, stuff either. Yeah, It shouldn't be the worst kept street. Like, you might want out if after this year or eventually you might not be happy about it, but you're going to get chances. I know it's a lot easier said than done. When you get chances take – no, but – if he if it's this way, and he you know has a decent year again, you're going to yeah. find somebody who will give you a fourth we'll round pick, a yeah. third round pick for a two time thousand yard rusher to a team that quite frankly is going to need picks. But yeah. I mean, if if they can move Jordan Howard and you know maybe use a running a pick on a running back in a late round or, or sign somebody kind of off the scrappy of a free agency, this is the type of offense where you can, those types of running backs tend to tend to thrive. I mean, the, look what look what Philly did last backs, year exactly. The best with running backs are – go ahead. Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. And, I mean, Jay yeah. Ajayi was, was fine, but he was, he was again, a guy who was just kind of picked up off the scrap heap in Miami. And now you're seeing a groundswell of Sony Michels and Nick Chubbs and other and SEC running backs. They're, they come out every year. It's a factory, and the best running backs are young running backs. There's only going to be – and now we've seen generational talent in a couple consecutive years or off years, but yeah. between Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. But those guys aren't growing on trees, and you don't want to be in a position where you've got to pick high enough to pick one of those guys, you know? I mean, and, there's and tell what, me the running backs tell me the last time, worth money right now, like worth that and, big money. Exactly. Tell me the last time a generational talent like that won a Super Bowl. Teams are winning Super Bowls, like you said, with committee efforts mm-hmm. and – Jordan Howard obviously wants to get his check and Jordan Howard wants to get his numbers, but Jordan Howard's got to want to get a Super Bowl. You know, th- those things, those things really matter, especially in the backfield where your job security is null. And, and, and that's probably where this angst is coming out of for Jordan Howard is he understands the fact that job security at the running back position doesn't exist and he needs his touches to make sure that he eats. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as long as you're effective holding onto the football and capitalizing on your opportunities, you'll always have a place in the league. I will say, uh, in terms of Jordan Howard, the, one of the rumors is whatever is, you know, should they, or not rumor, but people saying, you know, should they trade him? Are they going to try and move him? You know, the Eagles lost a running back, but they want a guy like Jordan Howard, whatever. I'm not in the camp of trading Jordan Howard uh, this year. Nor am I. Because that has been a rumor. People saying you can get a pick, whatever, back for him. There is no way Jordan Howard should not be on your roster through the end of the season. You want to revisit there's that one, in the offseason? There's one way. If okay, he becomes yeah, someone, a vocal problem in the locker room. There you go. That's, that, that's, which, the which by all that's the direction we're heading, I guess. It would, by all accounts, he hasn't been. If, I mean, if that's the point when you get to week nine or whenever the yes, trade deadline is, I forget. But then go ahead and do it. But for the most part, yeah. Where there's if smoke, he, there's fire. If he's not bothering anybody in the locker room, if he's not a problem inside the locker room, it's not something you think you and your teammates, your, your leadership can't handle. He is yeah. talented enough where I, I do still want him on this team, and I still think in Soldier Field and you know November, December, you're going to need to run in between the tackles here and there. But uh, I don't know. This one stinks. Yeah. This, this one's um, tough. Well, it does. It does stink. It is tough, but we're we're on to we're on to New England, and, and we got to focus forward. So let's go out on a positive note here with our Bears talk, Matt. Um, I, I really liked, aside from two decisions, the interception and another near interception there in mm-hmm. was it overtime or late regulation? I, it was overtime. I think it he was lobbed overtime. one up. He lobbed yeah. one up downfield that should have been picked. Two bad decisions, but other than that, we saw some fantastic throws. The throw to Gabriel. Uh, there was a little back shoulder number to Robinson. He threw to his left. He threw to his right. They're letting him stretch the field a little bit. Uh, we have yet to see the deep shot, really, like down the middle of the field. Um, 
they have other ways, I guess, of stretching the field. And we've mm-hmm. seen it, you know, Cohen come out of the backfield. But I'm liking the development. I, I really am. I'm liking the development of Mitch Trubisky early in this season. Um, it, it's inspired. It's inspired a little bit of confidence in me that he could be a guy who's not who's never going to really be the world beater. Who's never going to be the best in the league MVP candidate, but could be, be a quarterback to the lead level his football below team somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm again, this is all I, I've said for the most part this year is you know, kind of take it week to week and just look for growth. And I think from that, uh, from that Arizona game on where you and I were, I was definitely as low on Mitch as I was ever, I, I had ever been. And you were also pretty low on him as well. We, we've seen growth. So he's taken, yeah. you know, He's learned from his past failures, and I, I know the Tampa game probably did him wonders for his confidence, but we didn't really see much of a regression or a step back. We, we saw a quarterback, again, who seems to be more confident in himself and does appear to be taking those growth steps. I think his last two games are statistically his two best games in the NFL as a pro quarterback, and that's kind of what we're looking for. He's obviously going to have a really, really tough test next week, and I'll be interested to see how he takes care of the ball, how he plays against New England defense that while they're obviously coached and schemed really well, uh, is is capable of, of allowing quite a few points if, if you yeah, play well. So I'm excited to see how Mitch does against them because I'm not – he's going to have to put up some points. Good as our defense is, Tom Brady's going to get his. Uh, yeah, and the so, weapons are there now for New England. So yeah. the, Mitch is going to have to keep us in that ball game from a scoring standpoint. Mm-hmm. Not that I've gone sour on this defense, but no, it's just, we got it. We Tom Brady get and the Patriots are going to do their thing. You got to get to Brady. He's going to get his, like you said. Hopefully, Khalil Mack's ankle's okay, um, and because if he's at full steam, I, obviously the Bears have any as good a chance as anybody to get to Tom Brady. But I mean, that's the only way you got a chance against this team. You got to get to the quarterback, and the Bears have proven they can do that uh, just about as well as anybody in the NFL at this point. But they they're going to be tested again on Sunday, and they're they're going to have to come up big. Matt, we're going to do a little NFL whip around here in a second, but we have some business to get to now. We do a, co- a, a couple weeks back. Um, we, we did our FedEx Cup to, uh, season standings uh, vote, yeah. Yeah. our team, our draft uh-huh. and before the FedEx Cup, and it was it was well fought. I believe we were within 30 points of each other, which is, in terms of the grand scheme of things, pretty outstanding, the way we yeah. picked our teams. Uh, for most of our bets usually aren't that competitive, and we were coming down to the wire on Sunday at East Lake and Tiger coming through with a Tour Championship victory, not only... Uh, was a fantastic moment, but it won you two dozen golf balls. It did. And and a a man of my word, I sent you a couple dozen Pro V1s. Uh, One dozen are clean, and the other dozen have a stamp on them. Uh, Did a little personalization for you. So I'm actually kind of worried worried because I saw, like, there's a a pamphlet you get from inside the the envelope. Uh It kind of shows you customizing options. And Uh one of them is photo. Um, so, no, I did not. Okay. I did not go photo. I, I was a little bit worried. You found some some sort of photo and went that route. I was so. looking into it, but it was a little. It was a little pricey. A little, little too pricey. Stamp it with right. my face there. But this is going to be our first live unboxing on the Moose and Runes podcast. Matt has not seen the balls. He has not seen the personalization. So Matt, if you'd like to like to bust open a sleeve there, um, we'd love to hear your unbridled uh, opinion here. Joe, this is not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Oh, no, I wasn't going to go vulgar, but well, hey, you, I guess you, I did go vulgar. You, you said it would be something that would make me never want to use the golf ball. It you just says, it says, Joe, it says Joe's balls on it. So what I can do here is so I can I can tee it up so it's facing my driver, and then I can basically just smack your name every time I'm hitting. And you could and you could break my balls. And I you could. could break my balls. That's uh, that's good stuff, right that's there. That's clever. So, I like that. 
You got a dozen of Joe's balls and uh, a dozen clean Pro V1s, but congratulations on, uh, on, a, on a fantastic a fantastic season. And uh, you can thank Tyree Woods for those golf balls. I should have hey. bought you Bridgestones just to be uh, – I do love Bridgestones. Just to, just to I started hitting them because of Tiger. Um, exactly. No one played Bridgestones before Tiger. Not even Tiger. Not even that Tiger played no Bridgestones sense. before Tiger. That makes no, that makes no sense. <laughs> no, but, uh, hey, that I, was that a good was, bet. It was well fought, and you know, I just happened to come out on top. But I'm sure, I'm sure you'll get me at some point. And we got to figure out what we're getting for our lock of the week uh, season long because yeah, I've got a huge lead already. Yeah, which is exactly <laughs> why I think we need to talk down some of these. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, we need I think I think we play for another dozen. I think okay. we play for another dozen. Yeah, I think that was actually we, two bets. That was, that, was, that was a rollover bet for the Hopefully, if we, if, we, if we play for another dozen and you win, I'm just going to send you the, the non-Joe's balls dozen back. <laughs> You're going to re-gift? <laughs> Phil, it's not re-gift. It's paying off a bet. This is the bread maker I gave you. What do you mean? Like the same model? No, this no, is the same exact, exact one. one. <laughs> oh god! I All right, man. Let's uh, let's let's whip it around. Congratulations again on your winnings. Hit him Thank straight, you. and uh, hopefully there's a hole in one in there, so you have to forever keep a ball that says Joe's balls. If on. I if I hit a hole in one with a ball that says Joe's balls on it, I will happily have it framed. Like because they usually send you that plaque where you put the ball in there. I will happily have uh-huh. the Joe's balls facing out. That's how it's. And then you you also you also have to get superstitious about it and only play balls that say Joe Joe's balls on it. For the Honestly, you're probably right. I'd probably have to get everything customized. <laughs> All right, Matt, we're looking at week six. We're going to give our uh, quick knee-jerk thoughts. Hit the NFL music. Uh, we're starting off with Thursday night football. Eagles versus Giants. The Eagles 34, the Giants 13. Uh, my knee-jerk on this one is it's befuddling how little New York is doing with the amount of talent they have. I'm back. You're back? I'm back. Lock of the week, baby. I'm back. Oh, that was don't, your lock of the week. Don't okay. let me get hot. That's all I got. Okay. For you. Well, we won't let you get hot. We know what happened. Bears, Dolphins, uh, Buccaneers, Falcons. Falcons come through 34 29. Buccaneers almost got a little loopy doop. Uh, uh, pitched the ball, try and make it happen. Just came up short. Um, but it, it was, that was a big one for the Falcons. And I know they're only two and four at this point, but it was a. It was a game that hung in the balance for most of the of the contest, and they got it done. And that's got to be uh, that's got to be encouraging for Matt Ryan and company. Yeah, we we said it last week. That was kind of a game for me where you know loser is kind of eliminated, winner still keeps himself alive. And I think Atlanta, while they're still behind the eight ball a little bit, uh, showed they still have firepower. And if they can figure things out in the secondary, they're going to have a chance against anybody they play. And just completely bizarre, Julio Jones now with. 700 receiving yards, I believe. Uh, he's, yeah, 707, number two only behind Adam Thielen, which is also mind-boggling. And Julio Jones does not have a touchdown reception. It's the most yards a receiver's ever had uh, without a touchdown reception. So 707 yards for Julio Jones this season. So they got to figure out a way to get him in the end zone. Steelers and Bengals in a heart pounder. Uh, Tony Totap going in for the score with about six seconds left on the clock. Uh, that was, you know, that's a, what I saw. There was a veteran quarterback looking his go-to wide receiver in the eyes and them understanding what the other was saying. That mm-hmm. was not the play. He motioned him over a little bit, ran it right up the middle of a cover two and uh, game over. So good stuff right there from uh, the Steelers. Yeah, the AFC North uh, outside of the, the NFC North rivalries, I think might have my favorite rivalries in football with, with the Steelers-Bengals, yeah. Steelers-Ravens. Th- those games are always fun. Uh, Vontez perfect. Well, welcome back. And we'll, see you, <laughs> we'll see you later again. I don't know. Uh, you touched on earlier that James Conner, uh, 
I don't, I don't want to know if we can call him comeback player of the year because he didn't really play much or most improved. But man, he is uh, he's proven his worth with Pittsburgh in the absence of Le'Veon Bell. Talk about a guy stepping up uh, when given his chance. Seahawks Raiders in jolly old London, 27 to three. The Raiders at no point showed up. They, they should have just stayed in Alameda. Uh, this was so ugly. I, I put no stock in the Seahawks winning this football game. The Raiders are, in my estimation, the worst team in the NFL. I mean, you, you we kind of said it last week. Uh, you know, we, we say it every week with the Bears when we're done talking about them. You know, we're on to New England. We're on to Miami, whatever. Yeah. The Raiders are on to Vegas. They, they're they're done. They've packed it in. The Raiders are the Raiders are on to Las Vegas, and it, it clearly even, shows. After the Cleo Mack trade, the the locker room, the coach, everyone, they're they're on to Vegas. Well, even further proof that they are on to Vegas. Uh, sources say that the team is now shopping Amari Cooper for a first round pick. Good luck getting a first round pick. I'll but, give you that. Uh, I'll give you fact, a four. With, with even what he's the been fact doing. that even the fact that Amari Cooper is on a trading block just goes to show where the. Where I, the, uh, the the powers that be's heads are he at in, somewhere in else. Oakland. I hope someone they, they find a tagger for him. Not they're not going to get a first round pick, but somewhere because I like Amari Cooper. He's shown flashes of being really good. They just don't know how to use him. They, they, they for some reason have yeah, no idea how a, to use a number one wide receiver. I think he's a top ten wide receiver in the league, and he's just in the wrong place. His, right ro- now. his rookie year, he was. I mean, he looked like he was the next you know number one stud wide receiver yeah. in the league, and not getting his chance for whatever reason in Oakland. Cardinals and Vikings. Vikings win twenty-seven to seventeen. The Cardinals drop to one and five. Uh, the Vikes just leaning on Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins doing funny guy dance. Uh, I think Josh Rosen's going to be good. I think that's my takeaway. That is, even though they lost, I think Josh Rosen um, has the attitude and the mentality. I know people questioned his passion for the game, but uh, he looks like a guy who's going to take all of the data points and process them rather quickly. The, the more I watch Josh Rosen, the more I like him. Uh, so I'm kind of with you. I think he's going to be very good. I think he has the most talented arm of that entire quarterbacking class. And I, I think he's showing he has it mentally, too. Uh, on the other side of the field, ball, whatever you want to call it, the Vikings have established themselves, I think reestablished themselves as the team to beat in the North. But we'll, we'll see. Staying in that class, uh, the class of 2018, Jets and Colts. Uh, Sam Darnold taking a step forward as well. Jets win 42 to 34. No defense in this one, and the Colts are pretty bad too. Yeah, um, they're, uh, I, they're not know, good. Andrew Luck threw the ball 43 times again, and I think that's coming off a 50 uh, 50 oh. attempt season. He is going to have the most attempts in the league by far, and that's coming off of a broken shoulder. Yeah, his shoulders. Uh, fine. I, You're good. You're good. Just throw it. You're no, good. I, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but it's not I, good. It's, I mean, it's, it's literally all they have. I mean, they're they're trotting out a guy named Marlon Mack as their starting running back. I mean, they, they don't really have many other options. Um, on the other side, Sam Darnold looked pretty good. This is probably his best game since the the Monday Night Football game, the win against the Lions. That you can even argue this one was better. Um, so uh, all these young quarterbacks from this class so far proven to be, you know, they they might they might be a very good quarterback class. Panthers and Redskins. Redskins win twenty-three to seventeen. Uh, didn't see a ton of this one. Saw Cam come up short there. I just can't figure drive. out Washington. Like I, the, you, uh, you, one week they come out and beat the Panthers. Yeah. The other they get they, blown out by New Orleans. Then the week before they that, the or ball a couple to weeks Adrian before. Peterson seventeen times this week. I don't think that's sustainable. I don't either, but I'm not sure they're gonna try to make that sustainable. But they're. they're they're a different team every week, it seems. I yeah. still really like Jay Gruden as a head coach, but I 
I can't figure them out on a weekly basis. One week they look like an NFC East contender. One week they look like a, a worse team in the NFL contender. But Speaking of teams we cannot figure out, Texans and Bills. Texans win 20-13. to 13. The Texans some weeks look like the Patriots and others look like they've never played football before. I don't know uh, where this lack of, of uh, consistency is coming from, but their defense has played out of their mind the last couple weeks and they're up to 3-3 three and three now. I still think it's a good football team, but... I, I know we'll see a couple missteps along the way. I mean, consistency starts at the quarterback position. They haven't had yep. a consistent performance. I mean, Deshaun Watson, fifteen to twenty-five, one seventy-seven against the Bills. I don't like. I don't think that's good enough. Um, yeah. They, the Texans, I think, scored or they won on a pick six. So it's not even like the offense put up all those twenty points. I, I think we need to pump the brakes on. I know he's coming off an ACL. I've said this a hundred times. We need to pump the brakes on crowning Deshaun Watson the next you know all everything and NFL MVP quarterback every year that everybody wanted to make him last year after four games and on the other side uh, Nathan Peterman is just I don't how is how does he have a job yeah it's uh it's not good it's not good and there were he, he ran out there at one point and said like coach I got this and immediately threw an interception that, and it was just that team with Josh Allen is like they're not good but they're in the fun to watch ish type category because of what Josh Allen brings and I think they're on the right track but man without him in there that team is is awful I think Josh I think Josh Allen's got a lot of Brock Osweiler in him I think we're going to see him as a backup for a lot of teams I think we're going to see him out of the league back in the league I think it's going to be a name we always hear but can we not yeah, talk about Brock that. Osweiler on the podcast? Yeah, you're right. Let's move on. Jaguars, yeah. Cowboys, just a coming out party. Uh, and that's not even the right term for it. But 40 to 7, Cowboys take down the Jaguars. I think this was a mixture of a team that's really got the running game clicking and a Jaguars team that for some reason didn't want to be on the field. Yeah, I mean, talk about teams you can't figure out. Jacksonville's one of them. Uh, it, yeah. One week they look great, they're beating the Patriots. Another, they're here losing 40-7 to to the Jags, and they're winning 31-12, to and then they're losing to the Titans 9-6. to I got no idea uh, who to think, what, <laughs> I what I should. What, I, got, I got nothing on them. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott looks great. He looks like he's... Uh, like we talked about before the season, looks refreshed. Look like looks like he he might have used those six games off at the end of the year for good, and, and he looks like he's going to be ready for the long haul this year. Uh, we got the Ravens and the Titans. Ravens blanking the Titans twenty-one to nothing. I did not see a single play of this one, nor do I plan on it. Neither did I. But I've said this for about three or four games uh, so far. This is your talk about teams we don't know what to expect from each week the Tennessee Titans, Titans yeah. one week they're beating the Eagles at home another they're getting shut out at home by the Ravens the NFL this year it, I guess the point I'm getting at is how is it this unpredictable it's so unpredictable I know it's always pretty unpredictable but man I don't know anything about a team other than the Rams Chiefs and Patriots this year everybody else to me is a mystery so uh, and that's why, I, that's, that's why I love it just going to play it as it lies. Chiefs and Patriots, just a barn burner. Fantastic football game, unless you're a fan of defense. Uh, we had Gronk moments. We had a Brady rushing touchdown. We had Mahomes coming to Foxborough looking like he was going to, uh, you know, let it run down his leg. And then he, he gathers himself, gets his team back into it. It had all the storylines, and I think we're going to see those teams again. Give, give me these two in the AFC championship game, and that, that that's yeah. kind of my comment on that. And finally, the 49ers and Packers. We know what happened. It was it was another Aaron Rodgers moment. Um, but, okay, can we stop treating Mason Crosby like he's some sort of I just hate charity case? I understand he had a bad week, but, like, the, the social media outpouring of, oh, it feels so good for Mason Crosby. Oh, like, he's, like he's hurting, you know? 
he just he he hit a twenty yarder. I don't think he's back. I think we're going to see a lot of a lot more misses from Mason Crosby. You know why? Because he did his post game interview with his helmet on. He's shook mentally. Jeez. Mason Crosby is what he is. When he's on, he's a very good kicker. But he's just prone to these. I don't know if I want to call it a lapse, but like he's just. He has these stretches of games or two. He had it a couple years ago where I remember the the Packers were literally flirting with cutting him after like three straight weeks of it. Uh, And then he bounced back. He's just, he's a weird, weird dude, it seems like. But he figured it out last night, unfortunately, and the Packers won. Rodgers knew he had to do everything shy of kicking that ball for him, and he got him right down there. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers Uh, probably wanted to kick that ball for him. That's your NFL whip around for the day, Matt, sponsored by Matt Rooney and Joe's Balls. Uh, we're moving on now to a little quick college talk, uh, and then we'll give you some locks of the week. Uh, it was it was a great weekend uh, for college football. Fun weekend. Uh, the Irish in a what the no hell reason. happened there? Jeez, they they played Pitt, and they always yeah, play Pitt. Pitt's always uh, Pitt's always going to do that, and I think it's going to benefit them to be in a couple close games because coming down the stretch, I don't think many of them will be close games. Or knock on wood, uh, but uh, Ian Book gets it done in the fourth quarter. And uh, the Irish walk away still undefeated. A great one uh, at the big house. Michigan, after coming out of the gates, uh, looking like nobody has really, really come into their own. You got an LSU upset over Georgia, which really muddles things in, in the SEC. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa, or Tagovailoa? T-squared. There you go. He goes down with an injury, but appears to be fine practice yesterday, so... Uh, those are your major storylines in the NCA, Matt. What do you got? Uh, Notre Dame. I, I got to be honest. I was yep. watching that one, and that was that was about as angry as I've been watching a football game. I think all year. Um, but it, it was nice to see Ian Book after really playing his worst game as a starter for Notre Dame football, bouncing back in the fourth quarter when they need him, stepping up, making a big throw. Miles Boykin looks like a star receiver. Um, Michigan finally seems like that offense is. They figured out how to balance the the Harbaugh philosophy with the Shea Patterson skill set. So Mm -hmm. so they have a dangerous group of weapons offensively. On the other side of the ball, man, Wisconsin looks terrible. Uh, That was the most least. That was the least. Final four. Like, (laughs) no one can blame me. I think a lot of people had Wisconsin in their final four to start the year. But, like, it was a very uncharacteristically coached, called whatever Wisconsin game. They had one player on their team doing anything worth a crap on offense. It was Jonathan Taylor. He, he was rushing mm-hmm. the ball really well. It seemed like you, you, you looked like almost like Saquon Barkley where the first, uh, you know, first tackler could never bring him down. And then you get late in the game where you down 14, seven down 21, seven, you got third and three driving the ball and you're dropping back and letting a three, a three for 10 Jack Hornibrook or Alex Hornibrook, whatever his first name is. I don't know. Throw the ball. Alex. That, whatever. Same thing. It doesn't oh, matter. It, it, the, thank you. I appreciate it. But at this point he doesn't deserve to be called the right first name. Uh, okay. so, so for me, that was it was very weird play calling, weird coaching, uh, trying to really force your, your quarterback into that uh, that game plan, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, Michigan looked very good. Michigan did look good, and uh, I think it's making that uh, Notre Dame victory over Michigan look even better. Not better. sure if you saw. Uh, did you see Oregon Washington? Uh, I saw the highlights. I talking that highlights. that was a fun game watching two two very good quarterbacks kind of go back and forth. And Justin Herbert absolutely looks the part of a uh, number one overall pick, and he, he he better like the city of New York. I hope he hope he grows accustomed to it mm-hmm. uh, because I have a feeling he's going to be playing uh, in the Meadowlands alongside Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham next year. 
couple uh, great games coming up this week on Saturday. Michigan, Michigan State, 6 versus 24 in that one. Oklahoma against an unranked TCU, but uh, TCU, don't, don't TCU is not, not a bad team. Yeah, not not uh, not far out of that top twenty-five. I don't believe uh, sixteen versus three in Clemson and NC State. I think Clemson should be able to handle that one. Uh, upset alert! Watch out for uh, unranked Colorado at fifteen. Washington. Uh, what else do we got on the schedule here? LSU, Mississippi State. That's five. That'll be a fun Twenty-two. One. That'll be a good one. Oregon, Washington Purdue, State. Uh, State. That'll be that'll no be a interest. fun game. Oregon, for me. Washington State. Always fun. Uh, that one in in Pullman gonna be a gonna be a battle, college so. college game day up there. I think they said uh, it's what yes. some significant anniversary right. significant episode number. I forget which one it is, but uh, they're 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 going there partially because the game is great and also to honor the uh, the old crimson flag that has been at I believe every college game day for however many straight years now. Beautiful dynamite well, analysis well, on my part. Great, great analysis, great inside information. Uh, Matt, we need a little more inside information. We're hitting our locks of the week. Uh, I'm going to let you go, off of, I'm gonna let you go first because I'm still deciding on which one I want. Okay, you're, you're, you're coming off a win uh, this week or this past week. I believe you're 2-5 and five now against a 5-2 and two record of myself. So fade Matt, go with Joe. Uh, uh, I'm on a winning streak. People forget two, that. One game, one game winning streak? People forget that, Joe. People, people should forget that. Um, and with my lock of the week, I'm going to roll with the uh, Atlanta Falcons laying six, uh, laying six points against uh, who are they playing? The Giants. That's who it was. Uh, Falcons given six to a lowly Giants team. I like it at home. Lock it in. Uh, I am going to go with your Kansas City Chiefs uh, laying, laying six and a half at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I like what the Bengals have done. I don't think the offense is going to be able to keep up with it. Uh, and I think Patrick Mahomes, after that second half, has as much confidence as, as just about anybody in the league right now after Tom Brady. So I look for the Chiefs' offense to explode in that one. It's a good amount of points, but it's under a touchdown. It's at home. It's that great of an offense. Uh, take the Chiefs. Chiefs in that one. All righty, Matter. Uh, well, those are your locks of the week. Uh, big week for the NBA as tip-off tonight starts between the Warriors and the Thunder. Russell Westbrook has to stand there and watch Kevin Durant get another ring. Uh, gonna be a gonna be just a heartwarming moment, but uh, the rest of the league getting started on Wednesday and Thursday. So uh, NBA season's here, Matt. We're gonna hit some more NBA in Playing our buyer cells. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be an all NBA buyer cell coming up here. But uh, certainly looking forward aired, to that. I think we've aired our grievances. Our grievances, oh, yeah. are orange jerseys. If you guys couldn't figure out our grievances, happens Sunday grievances, at noon. Yeah. Yeah, so so we've grieved. We've grieved. Uh, so what do you say? Let's just jump into some buy or sell then? I, I would enjoy that. All right, Matt. Buy or sell the first 41. Do you have any interest in the first half of the NBA season, or you uh, call me after the All-Star break guy? I mean, I don't think this is going to sound bad, whatever. I don't really have any interest in the NBA regular season for the most part. Outside of seeing how the Bulls develop and how how those young pieces develop, because I don't get me wrong, I'll still tune into the casual, you know, Warriors Rockets game or whatever. But for the most part, until the playoffs roll around, it's kind of all decided for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hate to say the the regular season is irrelevant because it's not for for certain pieces, but we know what's going to happen in the off season. We know sure sometimes seeing how we get there or not the off season, the postseason, seeing how we get there can be interesting. But at the same time, we we kind of know the result. So the NBA regular season for me is somewhat irrelevant outside of how the Bulls develop and see if they can't take, uh, you know, the young pieces can't take some steps forward to, to getting where we need them to be. 
Yeah, those those preconceived results obviously not helping the league, but at the same time, I'm here for I'm here for Jimmy Butler ripping his teammates' hearts out. I'm here for Chris Paul trying to fight people. I'm, well, I'm, see, that's first, the, like, I'm, first, but, but the first forty-one, I'm turning it on for the storylines because enough. of the drama. Uh, because of that, I'm not looking at a I'm not looking at a standings uh, every two days. But uh, I, I'm there for I'm there for all of the the drama around the NBA because I'll happily pay attention uh, to the off the court stuff. It's a lot more entertaining than their on court product. The, it's the NBA brought to you by TMZ at this yeah. point, and I really enjoy it. All right, uh, uh, I got one you for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of not caring about the standings, that's exactly where I'm going to go. Uh, okay. Buy or sell a top five finish in the West for LeBron and company. Buy it all day. I think LeBron and this Lakers team are completely underestimated, undervalued. I think that this is the most talented group he's played with since Miami. I think that they're young and they're, there's going to be a lot of teaching moments and they're going to drop some close games. But I also think that if LeBron can get this young, fast crew working in the right direction, they could be a three seed. Yeah, be, I, I wouldn't say a two seed, but I think they could be a three seed. And LeBron James, in years that he goes from one city to another, adds an average of like I think it's like eight and a half wins to a team. Um, and that was from Cleveland to Miami, Miami back to Cleveland, now Cleveland to. Uh, you guys know how LeBron's career. Yes, comes, we did. Thank you for he, that he, for the reminder. He makes teams two slots better in, in either conference. Um, <clears throat> I think played in the East, but I think that the, the same will carry to the West. I'm totally with you. I do think it'll be a little bit more of a grind for LeBron this year playing in the West because it is just that much more difficult of a conference. But I think the outside surrounding talent, whatever around him, is not give, being given as much credit as it should. Um, I think we saw Kyle Kuzma's a really good player last year, and he'll be coming off their bench. Brandon Ingram's a good player. Lonzo Ball is still you know, an up-and-coming, really nice point guard who can probably learn from a player like LeBron quite a bit. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of what they got going on there because they have LeBron James. They're the Lakers. They'll, they'll finish in the top five, I think, no doubt. What I'm really interested to see with the Lakers is – what kind of pace they go with. Cause this is a young group with legs that needs to get out and run. And they're going to be a lot more effective in the fast break than in a half court. And LeBron James has always wanted to play half court offense. Um, aside from that year in Miami where Wade was throwing him alley-oops in, in, in the fast break, LeBron likes to bang it on the post. LeBron likes to manipulate you and see where your opening is on offense. And we're going to see how LeBron takes to a more run and gun approach and I think with that, we're going to see LeBron playing maybe five less minutes a night because he's got to keep his legs fresh and he's got to be ready to do that for 82 games. So it's going to be interesting to just see how they go about things. But like you said, that supporting cast, it's got everything LeBron needs. Maybe they add a shooter before the trade deadline because I think their big shooter right now is the rookie Svi Mikhailu out of uh, Kansas, who definitely a great shooter in college. But we'll see. You've heard of Svi Mikhailu. Not sure I have. Okay. Well, Steve Mikhailo. I believe you. The lights out. Remember the name. I will. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think they got the pieces there to be a five seater better. To answer your question, I'm buying. All right. Uh, what, what? You got one for me? Yeah, you got at least one. Yes, Matt. Buy or sell? Jimmy G buckets is a the G Timberwolf. stands for gets. The G stands for gets always. Soon to be soon to be gone. Uh, <laughs> soon to be um, Georgetown. No, I was trying to think of a basketball with a basketball name with, with G. Yeah, just let's you know, forget that happened. Let's go. Yeah, okay, not. Jimmy G. Buckets, uh, buy or sell is a Timberwolf at the trade deadline. Do you think that? Do you think that 
they just find you, a way you to make got, this work. You gotta sell it. He doesn't want to be there. He's <laughs> not going to be there. After. The only reason I think he might be is because Tibbs is so incredibly stubborn. Yes. That, that is the only way he's still there, but it seems like ownership and people above Tibbs are on board with getting rid of him, so that might be you know, the deciding factor. He might not have the say in it that he wants. He can't keep Jimmy Butler here. He doesn't want to be here. The fans don't want him there. His teammates don't want him there. He doesn't want to be there. Why force it? I know he'll never get Pick value. Destination. He's going. I think he's going to Miami. I've been saying Phoenix. I think Miami would have gotten done by now. I've also looped in San Antonio. I could see. Uh, okay, that, you know they were in the. They, they've been kind of in the mix for for. You've, you've heard their name around making a bigger type of move, and that could be the type of guy that Pop thinks he can reel in a little bit. And I think Pop knows he needs something right now because yeah. this is the worst San Antonio team he's coming into a season with since that year between David Robinson and uh, and was it was there no because David no, Robinson they wanted they won a title yeah they won a title together yeah but what was their down year they had one down year didn't Duncan get hurt that was the year they drafted Tim Duncan. Was it the year they drafted him? And, um, dude, this and, was like the late David 90s. Robinson, I was like four. David Robinson was still on the team. I don't know. But there was a down year. It's the it's the worst since that year. Yeah, we'll call it that year. Since the so, late 90s. Um, uh, you heard it here Mid first. Mid to late 90s. You heard it here first. Moosterdamus letting you know that uh, Jimmy Butler is going to be a San Antonio spur by season's end. If and when Jimmy Butler is traded to San Antonio, please credit the Moose and Roots podcast as the story was first broken here. Thank you. There you go. That's a legal disclaimer. You, you heard, heard it. You could, tell, you could tell by the way he read it. He like changed his, yep. his tone a little bit. That was legal disclaimer. For should us. I, uh, in post-production here, should I speed that up a little bit to make it sound yeah. professional? <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, 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 no, no. Don't speed it up. Play it normal speed, but right now I want you to play it sped up. I can't do that. That would be Come me on, reading that. That's like really quick at it. That would really be really quick it's, at it's, it. I can't really edit while we're recording. I'm not that talented. I wish I was. Yeah, but you throw the timeline down, you know, you Joe. start paying me for production. We'll take this thing to the next level, man. Yeah, I, you can't even pay me for production, let alone you. <laughs> That's a fair point. All right. Uh, if you don't have anything for the people, I got nothing else, Matt. It's always a fun Moose and Roots no, podcast. I got one. I got one. But we'd, uh, we'd love to get a winning Bears team. All right, hit me with your, with your last buy or sell. I, I, also, I also have a shutdown, if you don't mind. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I think there's that. a storyline. You should be. There's a storyline we've overlooked on this podcast, but I will first ask you my last buy or sell. Uh, Lowry Markinen averaged 15 and 7 last year. Is it Lowry or Lori? Uh, it's, it's Lowry, I believe. You can go with either one. Uh, I think it's it's one of those, like, uh, you can call me either. Um, just thinking for a good word. Couldn't. Uh, 15 and 7 last year. Everyone's saying he's had a great offseason, gotten a lot bigger, obviously starting the year on the shelf. But buy or sell Lowry Markinen, Lowry Markinen, however you want to call him, uh, averages a double double this season. I'm going to buy it. I think that love the boards, love the, the boards, the boards will obviously be harder to um, to keep Come that by. number where it needs to be. Yeah, to average a double double, but he's going to have to, and that's why I say buy. Um, he's going to have to be everywhere. He's going to have to score. He's going to have to play defense. He's going to have to rebound. And in situations where guys have to do something like that. Uh, Sacramento, for instance, here. De'Aaron Fox is going to have to do everything this season. He's going to have some shooters around him, guard play, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Buddy Heald, but they're going to be really bad. And just as the Bulls are, these bad teams have a piece or two that are really going to have to do everything. Um, and Laurie, Levine, and I mean, I don't know where else you go there for your points, but um, on the defensive side, rebounding side, I think Laurie's going to have to be just as effective. So I think in a... 
in a vacuum of talent and uh, and wins, he's going to have to do a lot to just keep them in games. So yeah. I'm going to buy it. I uh, I'm with you. I think he's going to take a big step forward this year, and I, I think they're going to figure out ways to feature him offensively uh, more than they did last year. All right, um, Matt. As you as you prefaced before, you have a shutdown. I do. And, and you, because you prefaced it, just know that myself and all of the valued Moose and Runes listeners, our expectations are through the roof. So the well, floor is yours. It, it, they should be through the roof. Um, it, it is a it's a combined shutdown with hockey minute, though it might go a little bit more than a minute. Um, a, Ooh, a st- I see what you're doing there. It's Strategically, a, a, you've it, now bought extra time for your I hockey did. minute. Um, it, 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 you know what? If there's if there's a storyline though that deserves a little bit more than a minute, I think it's this one. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. Uh, Are you going to tell me how you're mad that you're watching Philly and New York play every Sunday, Gav? No, I'm going to talk about Duncan Keith (laughs) and how he played his 1,000th game uh, in the NHL on Saturday night, uh, a game that Stick taps. Stick taps. taps, You know, tip tip the bucket to him. I'm Um, podcast stick tapping right now. You you can't see it. I believe the stat is only 53 players in NHL history have ever played all 1,000 games in the same uniform. And he is one of those 53. He's done it all with the Blackhawks. And and, uh, by all accounts, he will play every single game for the rest of his career with the Blackhawks, however long that is. Um, But for for as long as the Blackhawks have been good, uh, the, the one count for the most part has been Duncan Keith has been the top defenseman on the back end um, in, in years that they've kind of had down years have really more coincided with the years that Keith hasn't played his best hockey uh, and as, as important as Jonathan Taves as important as Patrick Kane is to, to this group this franchise I would argue that Duncan Keith's on ice uh, effectiveness ability whatever you want to call it has been the the ultimate x factor when he's played his best hockey, the Blackhawks have played his, his, their best hockey. Two Norris trophies, a Conn Smythe, two gold medals, three Stanley Cups. I know in 2015 he averaged probably something close to 30 minutes, 32 minutes a night in the playoffs. I saw a stat on uh, on Saturday and it actually on, on our pregame show. Um, since Duncan Keith came into the league in 2005-2006, including playoffs, he has played 1,000 more minutes than any other player in the NHL. A thousand more minutes over that stretch. I think that's absolutely just ridiculous. I mean, you think about those playoff runs, Matt, and he was on the ice for everything. 2015 was was the one that that really sticks out to me because much like he was always Joel's, you know, you're going to go in the playoffs, especially big games, just go out there. You're fine. He was always a guy who wanted to do that too. He's yeah. If he's not playing 25 minutes a night, he's asking why am I not playing 25 minutes a night in those runs in 2015, when they were basically playing with four defensemen. I mean, you look at the box score some nights, Duncan Keith's playing 37 minutes and he probably would have told you he could play 10 more if he asked him to. Um, He's been the ultimate unsung hero, you know, lead by example type guy. He's never been the loudest guy in the media room, whatever, but uh, he has been the most consistent presence. He's been my favorite Blackhawk, uh, I think, of this era of all time, not even close. He's going to be a guy whose number's going up in the rafters, hopefully the second he retires. But uh, a thousand games in the NHL all in one uniform, and the Blackhawks have two of those guys now um, in Keith and Seabrook, and soon to be four in a couple years when Kane and Taze reach that mark. So... That's it. It's my little tribute to Duncan Keith. Love the guy. Matt, favorite black. Very, very eloquently said. um, Just putting into perspective what Duncan Keith has meant to the Blackhawks and what he's meant to us, just as fans. And uh, to me, Duncan Keith will be the guy that 
in 20 years when you're taking your kid to the game, they show him on the Jumbotron in a suite and you point up to him. And for the next period, you explain to him the greatness of that guy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's to me what Duncan Keith is. He's been a Blackhawk. He is a Blackhawk from low to high and then maintaining high and um, and hopefully now trying to be uh, not only still effective, but a veteran presence that this team definitely needs um and and he's been great he's been fantastic on and off the ice like we said stick taps to dunks uh that's going to do it for the moose and roots podcast matt uh very well put a, a great tribute clip it put it on the internet and, and, let, and let the people enjoy let's do that's it. it for the moose and roots podcast episode 76 thank you for tuning in as always uh we'll be back at you next week with 77 because we keep the thing rolling here as always like us on twitter uh send us your mailbags Uh, We're wishing you guys the best. Hope it's a great week, and we will talk to you soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.